Welcome to bonus episode number two in our October, November, and December Family Cookbook Historical Holiday Series. We're stepping back in American cooking and culinary history to celebrate it all. This week, we're getting spoopy, 1904 style, with some Halloween or Samhain recipes. We'll move through the 1930s, 1940s, and 1950s this month, indulging in sweets and weird party practices. In November, we'll switch to Thanksgiving and the harvest, and in December, we'll move on to Christmas, Hanukkah, and I hope some recipes from early and family Kwanzaa celebrations. If you have any of those, by the way, please pass them on. I'm saving the weirdest for the last today, but these recipes today are from the October 23rd, 1904 issue of the Buffalo Sunday Morning News. Get ready to bake, stir, and pull your way to a sugar coma and play a game that can only make sense to those who had do-it-yourself entertainment and nothing else. Everybody loves a good donut, right? Well, apparently they loved a good donut in 1904 as well, because there is an all Halloween cruller recipe here, and I'm giving it to you now. Rub together a half pound of butter and three quarters of a pound of powdered sugar. Now that's not a bad start, I've got to say. When you have a soft cream, Work in gradually six beaten eggs, a half teaspoonful each of nutmeg and cinnamon, and by the handful, enough flour to enable you to roll out the dough. Avoid getting it too stiff. Roll into a very thin sheet and cut into rings. The centers of the rings make pretty little marble-shaped crullers. Fry in deep boiling fat, which has been heated slowly. Okay. Sounds good to me. Now, again, we're talking about an older style of cooking because there were no precise measures on the stove, no precise measures for the oven. The women who did this cooking and baking, they knew their stoves and ovens and they knew their cooking in a way that we really don't. So, yeah, take a chance, man. Even with the hot fat, go for it. Next, we've got some cookie recipes, and I'm all about these. Here's one called ginger nuts. Three eggs, one cupful of brown sugar, a half cupful of butter, one cupful of molasses, a half cupful of sour or buttermilk, a teaspoonful of baking soda, a scant teaspoonful of cinnamon and ginger, and flour enough to handle. (laughs) That means, (laughs) that doesn't mean as much flour as you can handle. That means enough flour to make the dough manageable. Okay, yeah, okay, here we go. Mix, roll out, cut out with a thimble, and bake, putting them so far apart that they will not run together in the baking. Now, I'm not sure if they mean a literal thimble that you put on your thumb, or if there was some cutter that was a cookie cutter that was kind of small and was referred to as a thimble, Because they're called ginger nuts, I would think you would want to use a fairly small round cutter to cut these cookies out. So I don't know, play with it, have fun, go for it. Here's another one, nut cookies. Cream together a cupful of butter and two of sugar. Beat in the whipped yolks of three eggs and add a half cupful of milk and then the beaten whites. Work in two cupfuls of flour 
sifted twice with a teaspoonful of baking powder. And if this does not make a dough that could be rolled out, add more flour cautiously not to have the cakes too stiff. Roll into a very thin sheet. Strew thickly with the kernels of hickory nuts, pecans, or English walnuts, chopped fine and sprinkled with sugar. Fold the dough once over the nuts, passing the rolling pin lightly over the upper sheet, and cut into rounds with a cake cutter. Bake in a quick oven, covered for 15 minutes. Uncover and brown. All right, now the baking... Oh boy, the baking directions are a little scary for that, I've got to say. Um, I think that you'd have to look at a modern cookie recipe in order to figure that out. But I would have to say a quick oven. That might take you up to 425 degrees. I'm not sure. So play around with that one as well. Now we've got a couple of candy recipes. The first is Virginia Taffy. Stir together three cupfuls of New Orleans molasses and a cupful of brown sugar. Add a gill of vinegar, which I have looked up, and a gill is a half a cup, and put over the fire in a porcelain-lined saucepan. Bring slowly to a boil and stir the syrup often as it cooks. Test the candy from time to time by dropping a bit into iced water. As soon as this bit hardens, Stir into the boiling syrup a heaping teaspoonful of butter. When this melts, add a teaspoonful of baking soda dissolved into a tablespoonful of boiling water and remove immediately from the fire. Pour into buttered tins and cut into diamond-shaped candies. Okay, so the test that they have in here, that's called the hardball test. So that's very important to remember when you're looking at current candy making recipes and tests. Next, we have queen caramels. Stir into two cupfuls of granulated sugar, just enough milk to dissolve it. Add a quarter teaspoonful of cream of tartar and put over a slow fire. Stir constantly while boiling until a little dropped into cold water has the consistency of putty. Pour into a shallow pan and set aside to cool until so stiff that your finger pressed on it leaves a dent. Sorry, this is a little hard to read. That's when my reading gets tortured. It's actually a little hard to read. Now, beat until you have a soft dough-like mass. Yipes, this is a lot of work, like hard work with your arms and hands. Knead this, put upon a pastry board sprinkled with powdered sugar, and roll into a sheet a half inch thick. Cut into squares. Stir in two teaspoons of vanilla essence just before taking the mixture from the fire. Okay, so the test for this is what we would call the softball test. When you're dropping it into cold water and it has the consistency of putty. So just for you candy makers out there, that's the deal. All right, I saved the weirdest for last because this (laughs) this to me is truly strange. Now, you have to remember, this is 1904, all right? And one of the things that's kind of odd to me is that last week's episode was about a page in the newspaper that was geared toward women being the best housewives that they could possibly be. This sounds very much like it's geared towards single people, which is not what I would expect 
from a newspaper page. I thought that all of this stuff was really geared toward married people and that they kind of didn't care about single people. Maybe I'm wrong. And part of the joke about this next thing is that it's geared toward married people and everybody's supposed to laugh because it's supposedly foretelling the futures of people whose futures have already been sealed you know, because they're all married already. I don't know. Anyway, it's part game and part food. And so the other thing about 1904 is there is not only no television, there is no radio. So the entertainment of the day at a party is uh, people play music. All young women are expected to know how to play the piano type deal and um, people sing and play whatever instruments that they possibly can. Um, Ukuleles were a big deal, that kind of stuff, at least if you believe the MGM musicals the way that I do. And so that's sort of what people were expected to do. They made their own entertainment and they played games. They played cards and people read aloud for entertainment. But This last thing is partly food and partly game, and it's called Snapdragon. Here we go. Pile upon a large stone china or other fireproof platter, raisins, prunes, candy ginger, and crystallized fruits, burnt almonds. I think they just mean, I don't think they could mean burnt. Anyway, burnt almonds, figs, dates, etc., Arrange them in a long roll as nearly dragon-shaped as you can make it, with four sprawling legs and a tail. A row of burnt almonds on the back simulates the monster's spine. After supper, pour brandy over it and set it on fire. (laughs) Each of the party tries to snatch something from the flames, using only a thumb and forefinger. When secured, the prize is supposed to indicate something the future has in store for the possessor. For example, ginger denotes a hot-tempered husband or wife, a date or a prune, one with a sweet exterior and a stony heart, figs and raisins, riches, a burnt almond, celibacy, cherries, a sunny-tempered partner, etc., I guess if you assigned your own meanings to what these various treats, question mark, came up with out of the fire, then maybe it could be something that is intended for married people to play. But it sounds a lot like this is a game that young people like maybe high school aged and college aged kids would be playing at Halloween. I do not know. It's very odd. It is something that has gotten lost in the mists of time, particularly in the last 114 years. It's certainly something that I have never heard of before. The only Snapdragon I've ever known about is a flower. But I think it's really interesting. And again, a little, I don't know, it's just a little view into what was going on in the past So that's all for this week. Sorry this episode was a little bit late. Sometimes when I'm not feeling well, I'm not quite up to recording. So I run a little bit late, but here it is. And again, we're going to be doing this for the rest of October, for all of November, and of course, for all of December. And if you do know anybody who has family recipes or early recipes for Kwanzaa, because Kwanzaa was founded and created in 1966, please. You can get them in touch with me through my Facebook page 
or you can get them in touch with me through my website, ancestorsalivegenealogy.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon. In the meantime, stay spoopy and... Expect surprises.